When you hear the word apocalypse, what comes to your mind? Images of global catastrophes taking place? You may be surprised to find out it means something much, much different. In fact, it means four different things that are wonderful, not terrible. Find out on this episode of Revealing the True Light. There are so many religions in the world. How are they similar and how are they different? We need to know. The culturally correct view is to blend them all together as equally relevant and legitimate. But is that true? Prior to becoming a follower of Jesus, your host, Mike Shreve, was an avid seeker of truth, exploring many paths to spirituality. One of his passions now is to help bridge the gap so that others can discover the true light, which gives light to everyone entering the world. Now, here's Mike Shreve revealing the true light. When you hear the word apocalypse, what kind of images come to your mind? Images of global catastrophes like famines, earthquakes, wars ravaging the planet, plagues coming upon the human race, mass starvation. I'm sure all those pictures start coming into your mind just at the thought of something apocalyptic happening. Well, Actually, the apocalypse, if you go to the real meaning of the word biblically, doesn't mean any of those things. Not really. Maybe indirectly, but there's a much different assignment to the word. It's been misappropriated. It's been misapplied. It's been misinterpreted quite a bit. And don't put the brakes on right now, because you may think I'm off base, but I'm not. I'll give you sound scripture, especially when we go back to the original language of the New Testament. So, if the word apocalypse does not mean some kind of cataclysmic disaster, what does it mean? It means an unveiling, like pulling back the veil to the Holy of Holies to see the Ark of the Covenant and all the glory of God radiating, or like lifting the lid of a treasure chest. It means an unveiling or a revealing. And you'll find that the word apocalypse, the English word apocalypse, is not in the Bible. However, the Greek equivalent is, and that's what we're going to dig into. There's four main scriptures I'm going to bring out. And uh, we're going to start out with the scripture that refers to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's Revelation chapter 1, verse 1. That book starts out with this statement, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him to show unto his servants things that must shortly come to pass, or things that must shortly take place. The word, the Greek word translated revelation there is apocalypsis, from which we get our English word apocalypse. Now, I know that the extended meaning of that is all of the seal judgments, the trumpet judgments, the vile judgments that follow. But the primary thing that the book of the Revelation, the book of the Apocalypse, reveals is the nature of Jesus Christ, the names applied to Jesus Christ, and the ultimate glory of Jesus Christ and his final climactic end, which is spectacular at the very end of this age. So just to touch on one of them, if it's 
the revelation of Jesus Christ, that final book of the Bible, then what kind of apocalypse, what kind of unveiling takes place in Revelation? Well, he's revealed in the first chapter as the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He's revealed as the one standing in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. He's revealed toward the end of the book as the root and the offspring of David, the bride and the morning star. He's revealed as the bridegroom and the coming king. Wow, that is so much brighter and more glorious than you would normally associate with the word. And yet it's the apocalypsis, the apocalypse of Jesus Christ, the unveiling of who he is, the revealing of his splendor. That's the first major point I want to make. Now, the second meaning is drawn from 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13 exhorts with these words, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Again, the word is apocalypsis. So we see by that verse that grace comes to us when this unveiling takes place. Is that just going to happen at the end of the age? Absolutely not. I believe just about every day I have an apocalypsis. I have a revelation of Jesus Christ in different ways through his word, by his spirit, in my conversations with others. I get inspired thoughts. I have the renewing of a vision or a dream in my heart that's sparked by the Holy Spirit, and Jesus motivates me that direction. I get these grace-filled apocalypses or apocalypses, I'll put it in the plural, every single day, not just one time a day, but many times a day, grace overflows our lives. Grace to cope with problems because Jesus introduces his word or his spirit or his involvement in a situation. And grace overflows and conquers satanic agendas, conquers the manifestation of the flesh, conquers even failures in your own personal life. And the Bible says, gird up the loins of your mind. In other words, you need to push fear and doubt and despair out of your mind. To gird up your loins is to ready yourself for battle. See, back in that day when that scripture was written, men wore long garments down to the ankle, and if there was an attack by a foreign army, they would roll that garment up and pull it underneath uh, in between their legs and tie it in the back, and that was what girding up your loins was all about. And then they would be more free to wield a sword on a battlefield. Or if they were called to work, to labor in the fields, they would do that so that they could more effectively do farm work. And so it has that dual meaning. And when Peter said, gird up the loins of your mind, in other words, he's saying, you don't need to be restrained or hindered in any way in this hope that you have that Jesus will reveal himself in your situation, no matter how bad it is, how troubling it is, how disastrous it is. So that's the second meaning of this word apocalypsis. 
Now the third meaning, sends my spirit soaring with eagle wings, is found in Romans chapter 8, verse 19. And in this particular verse, I'm reading from the modern King James Version. It captures the meaning of the King James and yet doesn't retain some of the old archaic English. Listen to it. For the earnest expectation of the creation, the King James says creature, which isn't exactly right. The earnest expectation of the creation waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. The New King James Version says the revealing of the sons of God. But the original Greek word, once again, is apocalypsis. So it's like the whole creation is anticipating a glorious moment, a phenomenal happening. In fact, let me read the context of that verse because it even brings out a more powerful vision of what's awaiting us in the future. Starting with verse 20, the next verse says, the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. In other words, God allowed us to plunge into this abyss of despair because he had a hope for a glorious outcome. Because the creation itself will also be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors together with birth pangs until now. Like a woman giving birth to a child, the creation is in travail right now, and you can feel it. You can feel that we're in a transitional point, and something's about to be brought to birth. Not only that, but we also, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, that is, the redemption of our body. See, redemption is threefold. Your spirit was redeemed the day you were saved. It was completely redeemed. You were filled with a brand new spirit from God. Your soul has been in the process of redemption ever since, God loosing you away from the bondage of soulish, carnal, natural uh, attitudes and mindsets. But you will be redeemed in an ultimate way when your body is changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye where this mortal puts on immortality, this flesh and blood body shines like the sun in the kingdom of our Father. How phenomenal is that? And that's the third meaning of apocalypsis. The earnest expectation of the creation waits for the apocalypsis of the sons of God. The manifestation of the sons of God is what the modern King James Version says, and the King James as well. The revealing is when we're no longer seen as just normal, ordinary human beings struggling, going from one battle to the next in life. We will be in the image fully of the one who has called us. Because the scripture says, when we see him, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now, let your mind get stretched as you ponder that scripture. When we see him, we shall be like him in every aspect, his character, his potential, his position of inheritance, 
his position of authority in the universe, heirs of God, join heirs with Christ. He that overcomes shall inherit all things. That's all things naturally in the entire natural universe as well as the entire celestial universe. Come on, stretch your mind out a little bit. No wonder that's an apocalypsis. That is an unveiling to understand the power of your destiny, the amazing destiny that is unfolding before you. And there is a fourth meaning to the word apocalypsis. And that's found also in 1 Peter chapter 1. And let's begin. I want to read a whole passage with verse 3 going all the way through verse 9. All right, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation. Underscore the word salvation in your mind. Put it in capitalized letters. Who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation. King James says unto salvation. Ready to be revealed in the last time. The word revealed is from the Greek word apokalupto, which is, of course, a related word to apocalypse or apokalupsis the other Greek word we've been focusing on. So salvation is going to be revealed in the last time. I thought we already had salvation. You'll understand in just a moment. Let me read the next four verses. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, for a little while, if need be, you are suffering heaviness because of manifold temptations. You are grieved by various trials that the authenticity of your faith, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tested by fire, though it be tested by fire, may be found to praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, or the New King James says, at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And you guessed it, Apocalypsis is the word that is translated appearing in the King James and revelation in the New King James. Whom having not seen you love, though now you do not seem, yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible, joy unspeakable and full of glory. I hope you feel some of that unspeakable joy right now because I sure do. Just at the thought of the apocalypsis, the, uh, just at the thought of the glory of these four things. Think of that, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. So what is the apocalypse? It's four major things. And yes, a side issue, a a backstory involves the cataclysmic events of the last days that are horrid, horrific, terrible, overwhelming. But that's not the main story. The main story is, number one, the great unveiling of who Jesus is and what he will do at the end of this age. Number two, the great unveiling of the power of grace every single day, invading the negativity of your 
difficult circumstances. Number three is the great unveiling of the sons of God eternally, what we will be. And the manifestation of the sons of God, I believe, is not something that will happen prior to the coming of Jesus, but at the coming of Jesus. And number four, the great unveiling of the ultimate expression of salvation. Because, see, salvation is also threefold. You were saved from the penalty of sin, you are being saved from the power of sin, and you will be ultimately saved from the presence of sin. The word salvation means deliverance. And if the last meaning of apocalypsis is this this thing called salvation, it's not just going to an altar and being forgiven of your sin. Salvation means deliverance from all the things that have come in to destroy you, including death, hell, and the grave. God has saved you from all of those things. Thank God. And that's what the apocalypse is all about. Hebrews 9.28 says, Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. So see, salvation is futuristic too. It's not just something that has happened. It's something that is happening. And ultimately, in a final climactic way, it's something that will happen when your body becomes glorified. So next time you have a conversation today, tell someone the apocalypse is a good thing. And they may look at you with a surprised look, but you'll have some information to back up your statement. Thank you for joining Mike Shreve today on Revealing the True Light. And thank you for opening your mind and your heart to the truth. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss new episodes. You can explore the beliefs of many world religions more deeply by ordering Mike Shree's book titled In Search of the True Light. We also invite you to visit our website, thetruelight.net, and sign up to be part of our global internet family.